Hello, hello, adventurers. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today on this here adventure hour. Um, we are with the lovely Rebecca Dawson and uh, my co-host, Brett Ludwig. I myself hello. am Emily Craven. Um, now, we always start top of this adventure hour by uh, letting people know exactly what adventure we are going to be going on today so that they can get excited about it. Uh, so today's adventure is uh, one called The Agency. And The Agency is about a rookie agent for Australia's secret extraterrestrial agency. You must investigate an alien mystery in the small country town of Balmora. Are the inhabitants being preyed upon by a dangerous alien technology or are they being replaced? Dun, dun, dun. Nice. So that is our adventure for today, folks. That's what we are going to be live reading, arguing our way through. I am your co-host, Emily Craven. I am the uh, CEO of Story City. We are a... Um, locative storytelling app that allows you to explore the real world by being a hero of your own adventure uh, using the uh, Story City GPS, GP, GPS app, GPS app. GPS, yeah, on, baby. On your phone. <laughs> um, and so uh, today while uh, we will be doing our adventure, we will also be bringing up the very handy very technical Google Street View and Street Maps um, so that you can explore Barmer with us as we are uh, taking on our adventure. Um, here to my top right uh, is my co-host, Brett Ludwig. He is the uh, wonderful, fabulous uh, CTO of Story City, but he is also a um, wonderful singer putting on an acapella festival in Edmonton. If anyone listening here is from Canada and is in Edmonton, Sing Edmonton Acapella Festival happening March 4th to 6th. Um, and uh, you can come and hear the real group sing. You can come and hear Six Minute Warning sing. And uh, and you can uh, and you can just come and have have fun with a bunch of singing nerds. It's like it's like <laughs> um, pitch perfect in Alberta. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then here on my bottom right, um, we have the absolutely lovely Rebecca Dawson. Thank you Hi. for joining us, Rebecca. Now, Thank you for having me. We are across time zones. We've got a couple of people here in Canada. Rebecca's out of Australia. Um, yep. Rebecca, can you tell us uh, a little bit about um, what you are up to these days? <laughs> Uh, I would say at the moment I'm I'm really uh, doing the whole reclusive artist thing, uh, minus the art part. Um, I'm currently posting from Area 51. Um, I yeah I haven't I haven't done a lot of art in a long time, but uh, yeah hopefully this will get me inspired to start it up again and have a bit of fun with fun with art again. So yeah, I um I remember that uh, when we we uh, first met. Because as as with a lot of meetings in this um, in this era, it was digital, um, mm -hmm. and and so you were living in Barmera, um, yes. And so and so this particular adventure was actually a part of a um, live theater, um, mm -hmm. uh, I suppose piece. So um, they had the festival um, that was happening in Barmera, and uh, so they yep. actually had a youth theatre troupe acting out bits of the story. Did you get to see uh -huh. them acted out live? Yeah, so shout out to Riverland Youth Theatre. Um, so they that was sort of where I first, um, I guess, tried out for the, the Story City uh, thing. And, um, yeah, they, they're fantastic. And, yeah, um, and I, yeah, I initially lived in Barmera um, and that inspired, like, my walks through Barmer inspired a lot of the locations and and um, a lot of little details in the story. So yeah, yeah, which I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Um, 
And uh, and so uh, the artwork that you will be seeing in today's piece is by the wonderful Remy Catchlove. Um, and so she was also a local Barmara visual artist um, who who did some some great pieces for this yep. uh, particular um, adventure. Um, and then we also have the um, wonderful um, uh, Tim Witt, who is the musician for this particular piece. Um, he uh, he uh, hails from Adelaide. Um, you. You may also hear him on other Adelaide adventures, such as the, um, uh, I think it is the Adelaide Time Travel Caper. Um, but he's also, um, you know, doing fringe shows at the moment as well. Um, awesome. uh, so Adelaide Fringe is uh, this month um, and uh, and he's, he's really worth a live show. So if anyone is around and they uh, see Tim Witt, or I think it's Witt Sound is, is what he goes by, uh, definitely go check him out in Adelaide. Um, and, um, and yeah, the, the River, Riverland Youth Theatre um, did some really cool, funky stuff with this this particular story. But we do not have any footage of Rebecca. Is this oh, your what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I cannot confirm with not anything. That is a real shame. Um, yeah, I yeah, I want to say as well. Um, shout out to like the Riverland, um, Barmer, Barry, Loxton, etc. Um, they've had a really rough start of the year with flooding over there. Um, and they can use all of the, you know, the tourism and the, the business that they can get. So definitely, um, head down there, see like, see Barmer in person, see Lake Bonnie in person, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and Barmera is, um, is, uh, three hours from Adelaide, um, in cool. South Australia. And, um, yeah, and it's just, it's, it's a lovely region. There's wineries cool. there and people go, you know, like um, water skiing on the Murray cool. river. Um, yeah. and, and there's just, there's, there's really a lot to kind of, it's, it's yeah. a great kind of country atmosphere and there's great camping there. And yeah, you're right. They had a, uh, they had a horrible flooding season this year. Um, they, they reckon it's going to take them a couple of years to, you know, help them clean up. So go out help them out, visit a part of the of Australia that you may have never been before and never realised was there. And um, and maybe while you're there, you can uh, try a different path through this adventure than what we end up going on today. So... Um, with uh with with the 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 creation of like this because i understand that it's not a regular thing for a writer to do like choose your own adventures how did you find that um so i remember i do remember choose your own adventure books like the original ones uh reading them like way back in primary school um and i always thought they were really really fun and so that was kind of what I was initially thinking of kind of in the back of my mind and it's basically that, but like more updated with the technology. Um, so yeah, uh, it was, it was different, but it was a really fun way to like see all the different ways a story could go depending on your choices. I, um, I, I think that I remember when I was, um, you know, when I was writing my own Choose Your Own Adventures, I think the hardest thing was the endings, right? Because you can sometimes end up with, like, eight different endings to this. Yep, yep. Uh, did you, like, run out of endings halfway through? <laughs> and then yes. just get more and more <laughs> ridiculous as you go along? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You have to be like, oh, okay, so I've done this ending, like, the obvious one. But it's kind of good because it forces you to go from, like, the first obvious idea and then be like okay what's least obvious and then kind of stretch stretch things a little bit um in in that kind of sense <clears throat> i um i think I, it was it was john cleese was giving some sort of commencement speech and he was like the best monty python sketches were the ones where they played an hour or two hours past the obvious ending of a sketch. Yeah. And they just kept playing around with how that ended yeah. until they until they got to an ending that was like surprising yeah. and funny. And you know, you had to be uh -huh. willing to play beyond that obvious uh -huh. piece. Um and and I think that I I hope that I've taken that a little bit into my own like novels and things where I'll be like, uh -huh. okay, this is the obvious ending, but what happens if I play this way? What happens if I play that way? Yeah. Um it's it's kind of it's it's a really handy skill set to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely yeah. as a writer. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so we are starting off at the Barbara 
Visitors Center. Look at this. Isn't this delightful? Hello, Barbara. Uh, you can see rendered perfectly here in the artwork by Remy. Um, and uh, and so uh, this is our lovely visitor center here. You can definitely see the different um, uh, landscape, all of the uh, eucalyptus trees here. We've got some palms. So, you know, we can, we can see why our um, Australian uh, men in black style agent is wearing the Hawaiian shirt, right? Like that's, that's how we rock it in Australia, you know, is, is, to, is to walk around in Crocs or oh, actually you really, you can't, uh, you can't see that here in this uh, green cast because we have to the way, but Crocs, we're wearing green Crocs. Yeah, well, I thought like if we 100% had our own men in black type thing, we, yeah. we would not be rocking the suits in Australia. Like we're just no. way too casual for that. Yeah, we're too <laughs> casual. It would stand out too much. Honestly, um, Chris Hemsworth being um, being in a suit in the new Eminem Men in Black movie, it was just not yeah. realistic, Chris. What were you oh. doing? Um, oh. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so we're at the wonderful Bummer and Visitor Centre. You can see some lovely country roads all around us. Look at this. Beautiful, beautiful. This is country Australia, everybody. <laughs> right here. Quintessential country Australia. Looks a bit dusty. Looks a bit dry. Still somehow, like, I'm pretty sure that's probably astro. Oh, no. I was like, I'm sure this would be astroturf. But look, you can see little dead patches there. No, so it's no, real grass. grass. Real grass. Um, although <laughs> the, the mulch tends to be, like, the mainstay. Um <clears throat> All right, so uh, Brett, shall we do as per usual and um, and switch back and forth as narrator? Yeah, I only have one request just looking at this, is that I want to be the commander when he talks. <laughs> okay. I, I have a glass of whiskey in hand, and my voice is just nice. a little bit deeper than it normally is, so I, I think I got the commander's. <laughs> it says crackles the commander's deep voice, so I, I'm on this today. Okay, awesome. Um, and, and so I do say in our social media post that you should bring your own story-themed drink. What's the theme of your story, Brett? Or your of your drink, Brett? What what story story theme is 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 whiskey? Well, I mean, if we're talking about like you know the agency, this is this this is the commander. He's sitting there from his command room, being like, "All right, agents, <laughs> let's." <laughs> Let's get this on the road. And I you want like a little silly straw with that, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the circ, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have a soda stream laced with maple syrup. I call this one the Anne of Green Gables. Do, do they have, nice. do they have maples on Prince Edward Island? I don't know, but that's what I'm going to call. That's that's my literary theme drink for the day. All right, here we go. Bummerer seems like a quiet, ordinary town. There's an information centre in front of you and a curving silver sculpture in the middle of the roundabout to the right. The wide streets and old buildings make the place feel settled and calm. It looks like the last place for an alien phenomena. Your new communicator badge beeps with an incoming message. It's your boss, Commander Oppenheimer, from the Australian Extraterrestrial Protection Agency. Welcome to your first mission. Crackles the commander's deep voice. Three days ago, a meteorite crashed on the shore of Lake Bonnie. Now, one of the local residents has died in mysterious circumstances. Am I am I reading you, you, you as well? You are all you are okay. all of the characters. Okay, deal. What happened? <laughs> you ask. An image appears on your screen of a smiling red-haired woman wearing a hat covered in bright pink flowers. Dawn Edwards was a local artist. She didn't have many relatives, just an estranged sister. She became paranoid in the week before her death. She tried to set fire to a church and then barricaded herself in her home. The last anyone heard from her was in a message left at the local radio station two days ago. Dawn Edwards' voice crackles over the speaker. Listen, people in this town are being replaced. They don't sleep. 
there's something wrong with their eyes. They're becoming zombies. They tried to get me to join them. They're going to strike in 48 hours. The commander continues. She was found yesterday morning underneath the clock tower. Her body was mummified, shriveled up like a prune. The case shows similarities to an outbreak of alien parasites we saw a few years back, but some aspects don't fit, so it could be a new sort of weapon. Whatever it is, we need to stop it. Dawn's time limit is almost upon us. There's only four hours left. Yes, sir. You reply, your first mission, and it's a doozy. One of our senior investigators, Agent Lang, will assist you. He's retiring soon, but he agreed to one last mission. Good luck. As the transmission ends, an older man approaches you from across the street. He's not hard to miss. He's wearing the loudest Hawaiian shirt you have ever seen. Cargo shorts and bright green Crocs and wraparound sunnies. The ensemble is topped off with an Akubra hat with corks swinging from the brim. I can't believe I'm about to do, do an Australian accent in front of me. Do you want me to step in? Come on. <laughs> I, think, I think so. Go, Rebecca. Do it. G'day. He says through a mouthful of pastry. It looks like vanilla slice. Are you Agent Lang? You ask. You're not in uniform. Lang winks. Sometimes it helps to blend in with the locals. You're not sure what locals he's blending in with, but you suppose that they're more likely to notice the loud shirt before they notice the badge. So, you're the newbie. He holds out a paper bag. Cop some of this, mate. Best vanilla slice in the Riverland. Um, <laughs> maybe later. So, first mission, the decision hotch thing. Where to? Where to? He asks, do you explore the area where they found Dawn's body? What was so important to search for that she left her homemade barricade? Or do we go to the funeral at the local Anglican church? Odds are you'll find some of the people Dawn thought were replaced. So, Brett, both Rebecca and I kind of know what happens in this story. So you get to take the hot seat. The initial start for the choices here. So certainly the most intriguing initially is uh, going to where we find Dawn's body, I think. Like talking about this uh, new sort of weapon that might be happening and that it uh, shows similarities to alien parasites. It seems like it's there's a lot of information to be gleaned from checking out where she is. And if we do find her body still there then that's that seems like a lot of info that we could glean mm -hmm. okay okay fair enough you don't think that potentially uh, there's some sadistic person waiting at a funeral being like wah, 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 i've got away with murder <laughs> i think i think it's a, a high possibility like they're both great choices because like the funeral um like seeing a bunch of people who are like checking out what's happening like that's that's a, that's a really good spot to to look at potential yeah criminals you, like you're do, saying. Do you know what um, we call that in Australia, where people like the people are gathering to like check something out just because it's like the only interesting happening in the area? I thought initially you were describing a funeral, but no, 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 um, no, 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 like yeah, sticky beaking or um, rubbernecking. Yeah, rubbernecking. <laughs> Actually, we have we. I haven't heard of sticky beaky. That's great. Um, we do have rubbernecking here. Sticky beak. Sticky beak. Sticky beak is in your nose, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right. All right. Okay. So then, Rebecca, did you want to weigh in at all? Uh, I will say that the fashion choices in this story have been, you know, researched on the ground level. They're very accurate. Um, I think it could go either way, but we'll go with, we'll go with Brett's choice with the uh, seeing the body. All right, let's go. We're going to go and do a little bit of forensic digging. Um, and so uh, that is going to be taking us uh, to the clock tower, which uh, honestly, honestly has um, one of my um, favoured uh, <laughs> characters. So uh, we are heading to the clock tower, and that's going to take us around the corner uh, from... The visitor center so if i uh orient us this way and that's our roundabout and then the clock tower 
should be down this direction. And is this considered? No, that's the theatre. Yeah, they have some really nice old architecture. Towers in the middle of the. Oh, oh my God! Is was not the clock tower here in the center? I think you might have to go further down. Okay. All I right. hope they haven't gotten rid of it because it was a really nice, <laughs> really nice clock tower. Oh, there it is! There it is! Yeah. Nice. Good old seventies looking clock tower. Mm -mm. Oh, no, too far. Too far. Damn you, Street View. <laughs> well, look, we can kind of see the clock there. We can see the lovely benches at the back. That's pretty cool. It's fine. All right. So, Brett, take away. You're standing next to the clock tower. It's an old Art Deco monument with a pink trim around the base and some park benches nearby. You are struck by how still it is around you. Not the peace of a country town, but the silence after a bomb. Near the base of the tower, you notice something glittering. You pick it up. It's tiny, broken piece of crystal that shines with a faint blue glow when the sun hits it. Lang snatches it out of your hand. Before you can stop him, he licks it. His eyes narrow like a wine taster analyzing a complex bouquet. Hmm, definitely not quartz. What if it's extraterrestrial? You ask in horror. Didn't you watch the safety videos? Lang pulls out his scanner and examines the crystal. You'll deal with worse than that, mate. Serve as long as I have and you develop a pretty strong immune system. Look at this. He says as the scanner beeps. It's an energy crystal. They're used in a lot of alien tech. Like a battery? You ask. Sometimes. I can't tell where it's from, but it's been broken off. The energy's been drained. Could you use it on a... Person. You wonder? To say, drain them to the point they're approved? Lang's eyes narrow. Maybe, with a big enough crystal and the right machinery. An idea occurs to you. If this is a fragment, could we use this to trace the original? Lang smiles. You're a keeper. Well done. Let me find the crystal's frequency. Ha! There's an odd beep. And Lang frowns at his scanner. Oh, that's weird. I'm getting a lot of interference from another agent's communication beacon. But we're the only ones. Oh, nope, it's gone. Must be an error. This thing's bloody useless. He jabs at it with a finger. Just then, a woman approaches you. She has long red hair in a plate, wears yoga pants, and a string of beads around her neck. Hello there. I haven't seen you two in town before. Just visiting. She smiles, but there's weariness in her eyes. Just on holiday with my uncle. You lie. Lang gives a friendly wave. G'day, love. What's your name? You ask. Beryl Edwards. She replies. You try to keep your expression neutral as you realize this must be Dawn's sister. They have the same red hair. You knew Dawn then. I'm... I'm sorry for your loss. You realize as soon as you say it, you're being too familiar. Her expression turns cold. Yes. Sorry, I have to go now. Perhaps you might be interested in our healing sessions at the church. She basically flings a pamphlet at you and makes her escape. Do you go along to Beryl's healing session at the local church? You're certain she knows something, and maybe with more prompting, she'll tell you. Or, Beryl could be trying to distract you from a real clue in her hand. The signal from the alien crystal is a much stronger lead. So, Brett, we've got an alien crystal. There was a bit of a weird, glitchy signal. Or, we have a very, very unfriendly country town woman who mm. has told you to join a healing session. Yeah, I mean, I think my instincts will will compel me to this this alien crystal being a stronger lead and following Lang's coordinates. Um, but I'm also, um, you know, 
in a way feeling guided to that one and which makes me want to resist a bit uh that that one seems like the obvious strong choice um whereas like going to this healing session like is already like you know it's in quotes when it says healing session in the text so it's already we're already skeptical here um and i like the idea of of the cool agent playing along with uh with the bad guy to be like oh yeah totally let's uh let's uh let's get in there and see what's up also um, dawn seems very un um emotional about her sister's death oh dawn's dawn's sister yeah 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 like this is her sister seems very unemotional about the thing like i don't know that's mm -hmm. suspicious to me Ooh. yeah i think my only Which worry way? Um, in the 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 meta choose your own adventure style, is that like we're we're popping into a healing session at a church, and that we're going to be accosted by a bunch of aliens that have power over us, and this is their uh, <clears throat> this is their way of like luring you in to uh, to to prunify you. <laughs> you want to get your chakras realigned? <laughs> yeah. I um I have to say. Um uh that like yeah. like like the brainwashing thing like it's definitely something that's the first thing that comes into mind when i see the term healing session that's it just mm -hmm. I just don't think brainwashing mm -hmm. sorry to anyone out there who may or may not be religious and i'm sure that's delightful <laughs> um uh but yeah so i i i um you know she didn't she didn't necessarily like seem to indicate that she saw the crystal at all, but like, mm -hmm. you know, I also think just how flippant. So, so she, she, she basically flings a pamphlet at you and makes her escape. So I, I think if it was, um, at least to me, if it was an alien, uh, trying to like prunify you, they would be a little more, Oh yeah! Look at our amazing healing session. Incredible. Um, so I think I think her behavior is a little it's a little sus um, on both ends. So I'm 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 intrigued by the healing session, even though it seems like the the worst detective choice. It feels like the, the more interesting <laughs> route for me. So what you're saying is that you um, would not uh, necessarily be a good cop because you don't automatically run towards the most dangerous scenario is what you're saying exactly <laughs> which is what like paramedics cops fire fire like people hear commotion and they normally run away and like those people run towards <laughs> right <laughs> there's right. actually an, uh something that i do when i i play video games that sometimes frustrates people that i'm watching that are watching me play and that's uh, whenever there's an obvious path presented in front of me, I just go the other way immediately. <laughs> um, I have to say, um, just just referencing back to, to a little bit further in that piece where you talked about Lang licking the crystal, Rebecca. I was yes. like, I had so many feels for that because, like, I I did a geology major as part of my degree. In oh. And the number of rocks you lick... Surprising. I'm I'm genuinely surprised to hear that. Like, yeah. and 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 then and then now think about the fact that there are these samples in the geology department that have been sampled for at least ten to fifteen to twenty years, and that people in the class lick those. No. Yes. No. Like out of all the rocks you could lick, why would you lick ones that had been in a department for twenty years? Do you know how many people probably lick those rocks? You're getting loogies from twenty years ago. Like, no. You know what? That uh, if if I can make one more segue here or uh, mm -hmm. aside, uh, it made me think of. I don't know if you guys ever watched House MD. Oh. Um, no. It's basically like a. Sherlock Holmes, but for curing diseases is kind of the, the premise of it. And it's Hugh Lowry. It's, it's really fantastic. But um, there's one episode where uh, a um, patient of his pukes on the floor. <laughs> no. no. And he has to diagnose it. <laughs> and so he actually... 
in front of all his, his med students, he goes, and now for the piece de resistance. Oh. And he diagnoses uh, part of their disease based on the taste of their puke. Ew. Was he surprised at least? He was, yeah. Oh, the, 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 the main thing about House is he's a, he's a complete right. asshole, but he's almost always right. <laughs> All right, okay. So we're going to the healing session, which means that we're going to the Uniting Church. Oh, that does mean we miss the country music hall, though. How sad. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It has a hat on it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, just based on the location alone, Brett, you may want to change your mind. But uh, <laughs> but it's okay. We'll go back to, we'll show you the country music hall in person. All right. We'll, we'll, well, not in person, in street view. But, like, we'll come back to it. All right. So we're going down Main Barbara Street. This is very typical. Like, you know, pagodas. Um, you would see Foodland. It's a big South Australian food chain. Um, you'll see all of the cafes and bakeries here. They've got delicious meat pies. Um, they have um, Sunday markets along that main street as well. Ooh, and really good vanilla slice in the bakery if it's still open. <laughs> Ooh, yes, well, I mean, Lang did convince me that it was a must the next time I'm in Barbara. So um, we're here. I have here, a quick so... question. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. Um, I, how do you guys pronounce Burl or barrel in Australia. What's the barrel? Barrel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I have my auntie Burl, who who's is is spelled the same way. Okay. Okay. Barrel. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um. And then our little church should be just down here. Oh, yep. There we go. See the steeple. What? Oh, Anglican Church. Isn't that lovely? It's a pretty little building. Yeah. Actually, there was a couple of churches as locations in this mm. area, weren't there? Mm. There's yeah. actually quite a few churches in Melbourne. Yeah. So just like you see these kind of little scrubby trees, like this is so country Australia anywhere. Um, and then these kind of like sandstone um buildings with like verandas around them and the tin roofs and the A-frame. It's not because there's gonna be snow. It's because it's because of the like of, of the potential rain that could come, um, and like the sound of rain on a tin roof is like the loudest thing you mm. ever hear. Um, it's it's crazy. All right, uniting church. We're going to a healing session. <clears throat> I'm going to attempt and fail at for the listener's pleasure. An Australian accent with with barrel. <laughs> I know I can't do one, so whatever comes out, please enjoy <laughs> and make fun of me mercilessly. mercilessly. All right. <clears throat> you followed the directions on the pamphlet to the tiny church in the corner. It has whitewashed walls and a neat garden out the front. The beautiful stained glass windows betray nothing about the interior. The roof has a tall spire made of a darker metal that's mismatched with the rest of the cheerful building. Then you hear someone approach. It's Beryl. You've come for the meeting. <laughs> shall, 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 I, um, shall I step in as Beryl? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is, we're rolling with this. This is happening. She okay, sounds, okay. She sounds surprised as if she didn't expect you to actually show up. My uncle wants to know more. You say, deciding to avoid the subject of her sister for now. What sort of healing is it? Beryl's expression brightens. Astrid Crane runs the sessions. She's an incredible healer. She uses <laughs> vibrational energy to clear your body's toxins. <laughs> nods as if he understands what that means. Yep, can't do any better than crystal quartz. Uh, is this is the is barrel right Beryl. now? This is Cheryl. Oh God, it's amazing. Astrid uses a blue light crystal discovered by an Amazonian tribe. She describing the bit of glowing, glowing through glowing crystal you found at the clock tower. Was your sister at these sessions? You 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 ask. Why? <laughs> Beryl's expression closes off again. You think fast. My grandfather loved her art. 
bought a few pieces. We're sad to hear about it when we came into town. Lang is so sincere that you almost buy his act yourself. Letting out a breath, Beryl says. Dawn was troubled. <laughs> we were in Astrid's group together. But then one day she stopped going, locked herself in the house. Really? She said crazy things about Astrid, that she was draining people and planning to take over the town. Got Texan. We got into a fight. Sorry, I don't want to talk about it. That's all right, love, says Lang in a gentler tone. He pats her on the shoulder with a sun-browned hand. We'll be off, unless you're running a session now. Before she can answer, someone calls out. Astrid. Responds Beryl in a nervous voice. There's a mixture of awe and fear on her face. The newcomer is a tall woman with sleek blonde hair and glowing tanned skin. She could belong on the cover of some fitness magazine. Her smile is dazzling. Next to Astrid Crane, Beryl seems faded. Uh, is this Beryl? No, this is Astrid. I can I can do Astrid if you like. Great. <laughs> Please do. Greetings. How are we today? What are we discussing? She puts a bony hand on Beryl's shoulder. Her speech is strangely stilted and formal, as if she's not used to speaking English. Oh shit! I should have taken her. I should have. I should have failed the, an Australian accent. We can swap. This, this clearly swap. failed alien woman. Yeah, let's let's swap. Let's swap. So I'll cool. be. I'll have a terrible Australian accent for this stilted, formal woman. Uh, Beryl. <laughs> Astrid, uh, I was just inviting these two to our group. Our healing session has been cancelled. The woman says in a brisk tone. We have an important energy-raising ceremony at the amphitheater. <laughs> Only open to experienced members. We're not accepting new members. Perhaps tomorrow. Tomorrow, then. You say. Astra takes Beryl's arm in a vice grip and drags her away. You hear? Yeah, why don't you pick up the tuning equipment we needed for the Scouts Hall? Do you? Head for the amphitheater and crash this shifty energy session. If Crane is planning something, you want to act now. Or tail Beryl to the Scouts Hall where she's picking up the equipment. Maybe you can persuade Beryl to help you stop Crane. Anyone? Brett? Well, <laughs> I get to fail at an Australian accent again <laughs> if we follow Crane. <laughs> In both directions. Both directions, my friends. There will be oh, so it's Australian accents. So, 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 because yeah, you're right. Because Crane splits. Because Crane goes off in one direction towards the amphitheater, and then Beryl is going to the scouts' hall to pick up the equipment. Well, Rebecca has unburdened me of on the duty of of Beryl. <laughs> uh, okay, but okay, from an investigator standpoint, let me let me think about this. So, the amphitheater and crash the shifty energy session that would certainly track with like the current choice of of going into. <clears throat> see what like see what the the enemy is up to um and and in the previous one where it was like oh you know check out the crystal lead that would have been the like you know pick up the equipment in this case so so you know the good clues versus the investigate the enemy um <clears throat> i th i think both from a hear brett do a terrible accent and consistency in choices i think the shifty energy session is the uh the way to go i think so okay. but also like it said like you're saying maybe you can persuade beryl to help you stop crane beryl seems like a very weak-willed individual when around she oh, does yeah. no you're right yeah right like although she isn't going to be like in astrid's sphere obviously which is picking up the equipment but still it doesn't feel like she's particularly persuadable it seems like she's already kind of under a bit of a thing so maybe yeah crashing the party is the uh is the way we do this all right so you're going to the amphitheater, everybody, uh, which is thankfully only just down the street. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Look at this, just some beautiful playground equipment, 
So like, you know, we've got roses in the middle there. That's very fancy. Look at all of the, this is the football fields. This is Australian rules football, AFL. Centre of the town. Yeah, and you can see the <laughs> centre of the town, two big poles and then two little poles. You get six points if you get the if you get the footy through the middle two poles and then you get one point for trying. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. One point for trying. I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> if you get it between the other two poles. So... Those are called millennial points. <laughs> they just wanted to give everybody a fair go, Brett. I, I think that uh, you'll find. Oh, maybe we can't go any further. Is this the end of our... Dun, dun, dun. Why well, you? Oh, you should be able to go keep going because there's like a like, section. For some reason, it's just skipping. It's just, for some reason, in here, Google just did not capture, a, capture an image. They couldn't get that one street to sign a waiver. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so our amphitheater is kind of... So while you're looking for it... Um, I'm, I'm yeah, down there, I'm pretty sure. Um, here or...? Not the way we've been, but the... So when you're standing at the intersection, the right-hand turn. Okay, so this way. Oh. Yeah, down that street. Ooh. If it will let you. Come on. Blocked. What? It says, it says it's there. I mean, you can definitely drive down that street in real life. <laughs> like, you can definitely walk down there. <laughs> it's not and like an invisible force field. On on our reference document oh. here, we have a picture of Google Street View as well. Is that the correct? The amphitheater is like on this side. Mm. That bit yeah, there? it's near near the shorefront. Yep. Could, I wonder if it'll. Can we just pull up the picture from the, uh, any chance we can pull up the picture from the, the story here? Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, from memory, it's like right on the, the shore front and it's kind of set a series of steps that's set in and it's on the edge of the lake, basically. Yeah, so like, I'm, I'm just trying to see whether we can like close there you go. to the lake, but like, maybe not, maybe. Well, the pictures are actually quite, quite uh, close to the real life stuff. Like it's. Yeah, I reckon it's this, this thing right here. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not letting us into that. Google, you're so weird. No, I reckon it's right. Google. It's that thing right there. That's what that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's literally not letting us go here. <laughs> there. Oh, no, that's a beach volleyball area. Oh, I think it's further down then, but it is okay. definitely along that shorefront somewhere. Whee, let's go. Let's go further down, shall we? Or not, we could not go further down Google. So um I was uh as we search, um I was this uh to the Australian accident and totally failing it reminds me of when I first uh was singing in, in jazz choirs. I was singing in a group called Form, uh, and we did a an arrangement, kind of a medley um of this one song uh and we were just we we're just goofing around and we we tried to do it in different styles uh and we found like a lot of different different styles we could do the the song in and so we transitioned between these and then we we actually took the time to formally arrange it so the song transitioned between these different styles and uh, we wanted to kind of like up the ante a bit and so um <clears throat> someone was like can we like can someone like dance to these different styles of, and I am not a dancer in the same way that I cannot do an Australian accent. Uh, and I got, I got voluntold. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll say yes to that. So I basically, we would switch between the styles of the song and some would call it a dance style, like, like Celtic or belly dancer or hip hop and that sort of thing. And for a year straight of performances, I just made up <laughs> whatever my impression of that dance was. You just flailed your arms around yeah, like one of those things around. and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Which is how I feel when I'm, I'm trying to do an Australian accent right now. <laughs> to be fair, I think you're definitely not the first person to fail at an Australian accent. <laughs> Many famous actors have tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like where this amphitheater is because it's not 
appearing on street view but that seems like it's too far down the street right? so there should be like a boat ramp type thing yeah so there's a boat ramp just there and that should be like next to the boat ramp okay i'm assuming this is like the street view images that are when the story was done type thing and that they haven't gotten rid of the amphitheatre well, since. So this, is this is 2014. So yeah, so it's like, yeah, I think, it's, yeah, that, that, so that's the boat ramp. And then I think it's like next to, like directly next to the boat ramp. Yeah, because this kind of looks just like a, a parking lot, but I don't know. So I, it's set like kind of low down further down so i don't think you could directly see it from street view oh yeah that might be it okay beautiful all right well here we are on the lakeside that's all that matters everybody or those listening to the podcast you won't be able to know but like we're on this beautiful lakefront there's lots of wonderful eucalyptus trees um we uh have a lot of very 80s style uh, 90s style Australian buildings uh, and a boat ramp with a little black kind of thing hanging in the water, which, you know, matches um, quite quite nicely the uh, wonderful uh, bit of artwork that we have here. All right. <clears throat> Brett, all you. All right. Narration time. The amphitheatre is ringed by trees. A set of stone steps leads to the lakefront where Astrid's followers are sitting. And in the center of the half circle is a strange machine, alien technology. You can see that at once. It's an oblong black box with a huge crystal longer than your arm set in the center. Astrid is operating several buttons and dials on the box below the crystal, covered in alien writing like rune stones in the metal. You got a plan? You got a plan? Oh, sorry, sorry oh, yeah, Lang. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. Uh, says Lang. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. thinking. Oh, I took yours now. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's start with Lang's line. This is going to be fine. You got a plan? Says Lang. I'm thinking. You whisper. A gathered mass has congregated on the steps of the amphitheater. They are sitting in a trance, weakened by Astrid's influence. Oh, Deepa. Really? <laughs> <laughs> she intones in a calm voice. You can feel your energy settle. The crystal, says Lang. She's feeding on them. The crystal pulses with a blue glow, getting brighter. Faint threads of energy trace along the veins beneath the skin of her victims. The humming intensifies in the crystal and Astrid glow with a golden light. Her followers are growing older by the second. Their hair turns white and wiry with age. Their skin wrinkles and their backs stiffen like trees bent by a relentless wind. Beryl enters the amphitheater holding a crystal. She looks dazed come here says astrid speaking <laughs> i can see you guys laughing at me when i'm talking from the side <laughs> says astrid speaking in a deep monotone her hypnotic tone that's you know my hypnotic tones <laughs> and the machine weaken beryl's willpower she shuffles forward and astrid pulls the crystal out of her limp grasp You've been so useful. Astrid adds the second crystal to a slot, and Beryl collapses to the floor as the power of the drain doubles. You fired your ray gun, but you're too hasty. It only hits Astrid on the shoulder. Her face splits into a grin, and she turns the dial to the max. The crystal hums, and it's brighter than the sun. Around you, Astrid's followers drop to the ground as withered husks. This town will <laughs> this town will feed me for decades to come. She crows. I'm really, I'm really 
emphasizing the, the direness of the situation. Lang has already succumbed. You look down at his at your hands. They're wrinkled and bony. You fall to your knees as energy drains from your body and your eyes grow heavy. Dying is almost too easy. Bow, bow, bow. Shit. <laughs> this is what I thought would happen is that you get drawn into the <laughs> You get drawn into the alien's thing by going to their healing thing and then going to their uh their uh well, look, breaky you, crystal thing you have been proven right brett you never take pamphlets from people on the street <laughs> true and i like to... that yeah keep going sorry keep going. no i like that beryl was like the the mislead right because she she gives you the pamphlet and you're like shit, she's an alien but she's a little uncertain and i like that yeah. emily pointed out that she was like this this lady ain't gonna stand up to no aliens She's like, she's a husk of a woman already. Um, no, I, I do we want to see okay. what would have happened if we tailed Beryl? We can, we're allowed, you know. I <laughs> like, I don't know if we have time, if we could rush this, but I really want to be like, can we do the like the good detective choices? Yeah, you know? like if you followed, if you followed the actual crystal, yeah, right off the bat, when when Lang's like. Here's the crystal clue. Let's do this, and not like walk blindly into the den of vipers. <laughs> walk straight into the trap. Yeah, go okay. down the stairs into the creepy basement. It's fine. See, I, I don't know how. Like the the reality is, I don't know how cool of an agent I am, right? Because <laughs> like if I if I'm like James Bond or something, then yeah, I walk into the vipers' den and I have a smoke and a drink with them, and then when they when they're ready to turn on me, I'm like, oh, don't worry, one of my gadgets has got you. But uh, it's I, Australia. I think I, they just give you a ray gun. They're like, "Good luck, mate." Exactly. Well, so, so well, maybe Brett, this is, Brett I'm yeah. sorry, but this is the premise of the show. The choices that you make in real life, Brett, you can't undo. Uh, you're right. You're right. Right. Except for the very last choice, which you can because we have time. Um, okay. <laughs> but how convenient. But but you know, if you like Brett. Would like to know what would happen if you'd made the actual obvious detective choices, as he so lovely puts it. Um, then you too can just download Story City from about.storycity.app, turn on spoiler mode, and uh, and tap through the story yourself and figure out what would have happened if you had made better decisions than we did. So, Good thing, Emily. Yeah, right cool there. as a cucumber. Cool as a cucumber, right here. All right, so. Let's instead go to the scout hall, which is only slightly further down this street. And which uh, which which chapter is this then? So this is uh, nine. Okay. This is the scout hall, right? This one, this guy right here. Pretty sure it is. Oh, you're saying scout hall. Scout <laughs> hall. I keep hearing scout hall. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Hole. Scout hole. 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 <laughs> See, this is why I'm bad at Australian accents. Honestly, the uh, the scout hole um, could end better for us. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right here. <clears throat> this looks promising. Oh yeah, that is our scaffold. Yeah. A little bit down here. Look at that. Very nice, very flash roller door. <laughs> right here. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> all right. The scout hall is boarded and it's hall. Scout hall is the scout's hall. <laughs> is, is boarded by a low wooden fence and some gnarled old trees. The small windows are shuttered preventing you from seeing what could be happening inside. As you get closer to the building, the door opens and someone walks out. It's Beryl. She's holding a large crystal in her hands about the size of a tub of butter. She starts at the side of you. Yep, that's you. This is all you, Rebecca. She starts at the side of you and backs away. Why are you following me? What do you want? You put up your hands in a peaceful gesture. We need our we need your help to investigate Astrid. 
but what? But she hasn't done anything wrong. Who are you? Asio. 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 Asio is what you're asking. I saw Asio. <laughs> That's the porn version. <laughs> uh, you lie. It's close to the truth. Close enough. She's still staring at you in disbelief. A shadow of fear crosses her face. Is this about my sister? We know Dawn disagreed with Crane. You say? We think she might have discovered something. Do you know anything at all? Beryl is shaking her head in disbelief. No, you're lying. Have you been feeling tired lately? Aren't people acting weird, like not themselves? Not just your sister? You press further. How long have you really known Astrid? I, I don't know, three months maybe? She seems afraid of the admission. You press your hunch. Are you sure she's hasn't only been here for three days, not months? Arriving at the same time your sister started freaking out? You can see the light start to dawn in her eyes, but you're interrupted. This is you, Brett. <laughs> oh, no, I, is it? Yes, in your weird Australian accent. Oh, I'm asking. <laughs> Errol, do you have my second crystal? It's Astrid. She looks falsely concerned as she walks up and places a hand on Beryl's shoulder. Behind her, a crowd of followers carrying a machine between them. There's a crystal at the centre, half a metre tall and thicker than your forearm. It's glowing faintly. The bearers weaken with every step. Some of them collapse and are left behind. Beryl seems oblivious to the weird alien writing all over the machine and the vibrant energy that fills Astrid as the machine gets closer. How much control does Astrid have over Beryl's mind? Tell me that's not true. Tell me you had nothing to do with Dawn. You can hear the doubt in Beryl's voice. Of course not. Says Cray. These people are full of negative energy. Oh, this is Astrid again, sorry. Of course not. <laughs> These people are full of negative energy. They want to stop you fully transcending. The crystal emits a deep hum. It's almost headache inducing at this frequency. You can see how pale and tired her followers look, slumped where they sit. Lang is creeping closer to the machine, his hand resting on his ray gun in its holster. Come, sit with us, says Astrid. Beryl takes a step forward. Her gaze darts towards you. Astrid lunges forward suddenly and seizes Lang's arm in a human grip, bending his fingers until she can prise away the gun. The more energy she absorbs, the stronger she grows. Don't move. With her other hand, she pulls the second crystal from Beryl's limp grasp and slots it next to its larger counterpart. You feel your limbs weakening and you join Lang in a crumpled heap on the ground. Astrid grunts in satisfaction and turns her full attention to the machine. You have to act. You have to take advantage of her confidence and slowly, painfully removing your own ray gun from its holster, you take careful aim and fire. Some of the assembled followers murmur in their sleep. A few of them even open their eyes from their stupor. Astrid screams in rage and it gives Beryl enough of a distraction to break free. Despite her weakened state, she manages to lift the crystal from its base and throws it to the ground. There's a loud crack as it splinters through the middle. No! Astrid shrieks. The absorbed energy is released from the crystal in a sudden burst of light that dazzles you. When you blink away, the spots in your vision, you find Astrid lying at the base of the machine, withered and emaciated, her hair a wisp of snowy white. Soon agents are swarming on the scene, helping the stunned followers and tending to Lang's broken hand. Beryl looks at you pale and wide-eyed. You're, you're not from Asia, are you? No, not exactly. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I love, Sorry. Emily, that you, uh, you started pronouncing emaciated as emancipated. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and rolled with it. She's freed them from their mortal coil. That's right. <laughs> Um, I was like, whoop, here we go. We're already on this ride. 
Um, uh, so can you remember what ASIO stands for? Australian? Australian. Something International Operations. Secret Intelligence Organization? Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. It might be, actually. Um, it's actually uh, an acronym that I am familiar with in another context, because ASIO is uh, is a audio input. So I think it means audio stream input output, uh, and it was it's how computers record um, from microphones and keyboards and that sort of thing at uh, a low latency. Uh, so before for ASIO, you would like you would play. On your keyboard, it would be like really. It would be very delayed, so it'd be impossible to play. But with ASIO, uh, also it became like snappy, and so it essentially felt like you were playing a regular piano. Um, and with all the recording and audio stuff I've done, like that's I've seen that term constantly. So when I first saw that, I was like, "Hmm, you're not yeah. from the audio stream input output organization, are you?" <laughs> um, so it stands for Australian Security Intelligence Organization. <gasps> Okay. So it is, it is Australia's version of the um, CIA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and cool. also, just to look up the Country Music Hall Bar Mirror, this is the Country Music Hall. Yes. Yeah, there's the hat and the little guitar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't it Apparently, so like- kitsch? Apparently they used to have like um quite fairly big country singers visit um before they have you know like issues with floods and all that kind of thing um kind of got cancelled through the COVID pandemic and all that but they had um a little bit like the Tamworth Music Festival so I'm not that I'm yeah I know that all that much about country music but people were like oh yeah it's this massive thing for all the country music people so yeah nice I, I enjoyed this backyard garden in the shape of the guitar. <laughs> that is super kitsch and I'm on board. Very country. Yeah, very, very country. I enjoy that greatly. Um, um, actually, whoa, where am I? Tr- whoa, what did I do? Thanks, Google. Um, yeah, so beautiful, fun, um, fun little country music hall right there. Just gorgeous and it even has a wagon wheel in front because why not oh if by the way if you like country kitsch there's um a really cool restaurant called the Melly fowl which is sort of between like berry and barmer um and it the whole interior is like this tin shed has decorated wall to ceiling in old country memorabilia like antique stuff they have an emu that kind of roams around and just wanders through the restaurant. It's it's full on, but it's so cool. They also serve crocodile on the menu, so. I like it. Hopefully it's still open. Yum, crocodile. I had a crocodile pie once. That was nice. Um, but uh, some of the wonderful endings that you could end up with, uh, uh, there's some, some interesting tragedies here. Um, as you can see here, um, some alien creatures are involved at various points. Um, mm-hmm. not, not, not good. Um, <laughs> uh, so these are some of the other endings that you could have ended up with um, here in our, in our wonderful story. So just so, uh, just so everyone's uh, primed for some fun and interesting things. Uh, so if you do want to um, figure out if you would have done any better than us and uh, not died at the hands of Astrid uh, on the lakefront, uh, then please do feel free to download Story City app at about.storycity.app. Uh, and uh, all you need to do is turn on spoiler mode and you can tap your way through it. Or you could do uh, Berry and uh, Barbara and Loxton a... Uh, a solid and go and visit them in yes. uh, the SA Riverland, help them recover from the floods that happened in that area, wander around Barmara yourself, maybe visit the Country Music Hall and Pioneers Museum in person and then send us a tweet and let us know you've been there. 
be great. Um, thank you so much, my wonderful uh, guest stars, for joining me today. Rebecca, thank you. It has been delightful to uh, catch up with you again and to revisit your very, very fun story and uh, to introduce people around the world to country Australia. Um, yeah. And, uh, and Brett, as always, uh, you bring absolute uh, just passion to your attempted accents. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> we can also uh, introduce people to Story Cities. I was uh, going to say, I love your dog. Oh, my God. So precious. Pippin is a little dopey right now. Just, she's a little done. Look at her. Look at her. And she's just like, she is the tiniest dog you've ever seen in your life. And then she gets a haircut and then she's even tinier than mm -hmm. I think she is. And she, she's, she's got the kind of like mottled coat where she just like, she will, if you put her on something black, she just disappears. She kind of looks a bit like an alien, actually. <laughs> like in a good way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The best kind of alien. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, um, Rebecca, um, at this time, we also say, you know, if you, if anyone wants to find you um, online or at other fun things, they can do so at. Uh, I actually don't have social media. <laughs> I'm well, not on social media at the moment. But if that changes in the future. I will update my details. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm doing the, the reclusive artist thing minus the art part, but if the art part ever comes back, I might emerge from the forest and, you know, brush off the leaves and <laughs> start doing art again. I love it. I love it a lot. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Rebecca. It was, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, for, to have you and, uh, and uh, to everybody else. Um, you are welcome to join us on Monday afternoons at 4pm MST time or at 9am Australian time uh, to do brainstorming. We have Creator Labs every Monday afternoon um, where you can come brainstorm a story. It doesn't have to be interactive. We will honestly brainstorm any story because we enjoy storytelling and we're just happy to do that with our community of creators. So please feel free to come along. Next week, we have a real treat. Um, we have uh, the absolutely delightful Isabel Carmody joining us here on uh, on the stream. So for those of you who don't know Isabel, she is an award-winning author of over 30 um, fantasy novels, um, including the Over Newton series. Um, I was very lucky uh, to have her as a writing mentor for a year um, back when I was first starting out in uh, the trade um and and she uh, very kindly allowed me to badger her into writing a story city story called the omicron in brisbane um and uh it is a um a story involving parallel universes um the walking dead and circular objects make of that what you will that is super exciting us next week um, that will be uh, Friday, Australia time, Thursday night, uh, North American time live. Please feel free to drop any questions in the chat that you may have that you would like us to ask her during that time. Um, but Isabel is also a fabulous voice actor. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to having her next week as well, um, because Excellent. she was the one who narrated the entirety of the Omicron story. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We'll see you next week.